Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that you would move by your Spirit, even the Spirit of truth, that you would point us to your Word made flesh, point us to Jesus, that his Word would be heard, that his love for us would be known, and that by that Word we're shaped. Guard us and keep us from all distractions. Hold on to us in your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. If you love me, we don't so much like conditional statements, do we? See, a conditional statement is one of those statements that is said and it places a condition on you. Seems pretty understandable. Uh, But we don't really like them very much because it means that we have to do something in order to get something, right? If you work hard, you'll get paid. If you loved me, you would do the dishes. If you do this thing, or if you thought you were having this feeling, then you would have done this action. If you love me. See, these statements are hard to hear. They're hard to hear for a couple of different reasons, mainly because it puts us in a position of feeling guilty for something that maybe we didn't do. Our culture can take these conditional statements and and change them into just about anything, and sometimes they're harmful. If you loved me, you wouldn't say no. If you loved me, you'd do exactly as I want you to do. You would do exactly as I would expect you to do, right? And so we tend to shudder a little bit when we hear them. Except I think we tend to shudder a little bit when we hear them, when the conditions are placed upon us. We, we tend to be a little more free with them if we're the ones placing the conditions. If we're the ones that get to set the tone for the conversation. If we're the ones that get to set what is expected of somebody for them to get something from it, then maybe we use those statements a little more freely. But see, when we hear these statements come from Jesus' mouth, there's no real escaping it. If you love me, you keep my commandments. So it raises a few questions for us. Well, what if I don't keep your commandments? Does that that mean I don't love you? Does that mean you're not going to love me if I don't keep your commandments? And it's in this moment where we start to wonder, well, maybe I don't really want to keep those commandments and I want to set the expectations for myself. I don't want to hear that statement coming from God. I want to set my own way of living. I want to set my own conditions on my life. I want to be the one that sets the expectations so that I don't feel the guilt of when I don't live up to them. If you love me, you keep my commandments. See, when I hear that, when I hear that word keep, I kind of run back to God's expectation for us. Keep, keep in perfection. Do my commandments perfectly. If you love me, you do my commandments perfectly. And what that does when I hear that is it calls my love into question. And that's a hard place to be. See, because it makes me think about whether or not I truly love God. Maybe it makes you think about that as well. And so we want to get out from under that condition a lot of times, and it's not really an easy thing to do. 
Because God does have an expectation for us. God does have an expectation of perfection. God did set it up that way, the way that he sets the world in order, the way that he sets up the expectation for everything, the way that he sets the commandments out is the way that things are going to run best. Yet we know we don't live up to them. And it's in that tension where Satan likes to play. It's in that tension where Satan wants to take our mind off of God's love for us and he does want to focus us in on where we fail. And he wants to focus us in on the fact that, you know, starts to bring some doubt into the conversation. Maybe your actions aren't enough. Maybe God doesn't love you if you don't do his commandments well enough. Yet, that's not where God actually wants us to live either, right? I mean, he sent his son into the world to die for our sin. He sent his son into the world to show his love for us. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So I had to go back a little bit further in the text and and start to think about what Jesus is talking about in that moment. And if you go back just a little bit further, if you go back just a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about a new commandment that Jesus gave. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, so you will love one another. See, throughout these couple of chapters, Jesus is talking about love from a whole lot of different angles. And then when we hear that word keep, for keeping that commandment, for keeping the way that that commandment should be followed, loving one another for the benefit of another person, not your own benefit, but for the benefit of somebody else, I don't know that keep perfectly is exactly the right way for me to wrap my head around that word keep. You see, keep has a couple of different ways of being understood. You can can keep something and do it perfectly. You can keep something dear. You can hold on to it as something dearly important in your life. To keep it in front of you, right? Like when we look at the first commandment again, we should fear, love, and trust God that we don't put anything else in front of him, that he's the one God that is guiding things, that he's the one God that we look to, he's the one thing important. We keep him as central. If you love me, you'd hold dearly to my words. Hear it that way for a second. See, because we are going to fail, and Jesus knows we are not going to keep things perfectly. We are not going to do things perfectly. We are going to sin, and we are going to falter. And it's not right that we do. Yet in that sin, are we disowning God's word and making ourselves orphans to where we get to set the rules? Or in that sin, are we still keeping God's word front and central and saying, I see your expectation for me, and I am sorry, I repent that I do not live up to that. You see, as Jesus was present with his disciples, he was continually guiding them, continually teaching them, continually working them through his word so that when he did leave, they would know how to take care of one another. And then he also said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, right? I'm going to go to my Father and I'm going to send you another helper. Because Jesus was the first one there giving his word, and then he's going to send another helper, even the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, 
to guide us in Jesus' word, to work through us even to take care of one another, to love one another, so that God's work would continue to get done through our faults and through our sins, God continues to take care of his creation. God continues to work love in his creation, love that is going to cover a multitude of sins, right? Jesus' love. Go back to that commandment he gave them. Love one another. Even as I have loved you. And his love doesn't stop. His love continues to love. And it's the spirit that points us towards that love. See, we, we want to stop sometimes when we think of actions going on within us. And we don't really want to pay attention to those actions. We want to pay attention more to the actions going on around and how people are treating one another. And that's a fine place to start to look. But we also got to look within us. And what word are we holding dear? What word has shaped us? Because being shaped by a word is a hard thing. Being shaped by a word means that we have to be humble enough to let something else shape us. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments central to everything you do. You'll keep my word in the middle of everything that you do in life. Hold it up as something dear. And that's where we can thank God for the Spirit as well that continues to point us to that Word, that Word of the Word made flesh, right? That Word of Jesus, Him, Himself, who has died for us and risen for us and brings life for us as He goes to the Father and He says, Father, look, those down there are trying to make themselves orphans, those down there that are trying to push apart our Word, those down there who in their Sin would rather be separate. Those are the ones that I died for. Those are the ones that you're still the father of. And so, as the days go on and we continue to wrestle with what word shapes us, God continually works by His Spirit to point us back to Jesus. Point us back to the one who is made us family, the one who won't leave us as orphans, the one who is going to come again one day with him and the Father, heaven and earth, back together again to gather together all of his family. Because you're in that family. You're not orphaned. You're made a child of God with a Father who loves you relentlessly through everything. And so as Satan tries to take your eyes off of that from time to time, Know what word has shaped you. Know what spirit works within you to point you back to his word, to hold on to you in his love, and to claim you as his child every day, every moment, and what Jesus has done for you. Amen. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love that you have for us. That in the midst of our faltering to keep your commandments all the time, that you love us, that you have shown your love for us in Jesus and that you are coming again, that your son is coming again to make all things new, to do away with the things that separate us from you and gather us together as family. In Jesus' name, amen.